sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Monday, January 18th, Martin Luther King Day. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the winning edge. I am Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, and with me, as always, is my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candle at both ends, trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day. And fundamentally, we will try to put the fun and functional sports content at the same time. And Kev... Woo! Division weekend has come and gone. I always call it the best weekend of the year because the one seeds are in play. And I think largely we had some very intriguing games for reasons we did not necessarily expect. Mm. And that's the thing, you know, Kev, all year long in football, right? We've talking about COVID and all the complications of that. Last time I checked, Kev, football is still a dangerous game. The last Two MVPs of the league, Kev, ultimately could not finish the game because they uh, had to go camping with a concussion. Yeah, you know, it's tough. And those type of injuries, both of those changed the game oh, yeah. big time. Now, you might think, and this is where sometimes betting can be different than those who are just sitting at home with no skin in the game. But you might say, oh, Lamar getting hurt didn't matter. What, what changed? Oh, no, it changed. And if you maybe think the outcome wasn't going to change, I maybe don't even disagree with that. Maybe the outcome was going to be the exact same. But the props, the totals, the in-game numbers, all of it, all of it craters. Because the Bills, they no longer needed to play ball. And the Ravens could hardly do anything. And then the Chiefs game, I don't really think I need to say anything. (laughs) The best player in the sport was no longer on the field. Absolutely, and it was up to Chad Henne Ala Vodka to protect that lead at Arrowhead, the wind at Orchard that. Park on I Saturday night. That. Oh, you do? Yeah, man. Oh, we got first time. You know love about it. You know, know about that. Yeah. that. Spitting statistician will have something for you. And then, listen, the wind at Orchard Park definitely had an impact. Justin Tucker, one of the best kickers in recent memory, recent history of the NFL, doinking twice. I got to tell you, also, on Saturday, it was all about the chalk, right? Buffalo wins and covers. The favorite Green Bay Packers win and cover. But then on Sunday, it was a little bit different. The Great Danes and the other dogs started barking as Cleveland stayed within the number. And of course, the Bucks in their third time against Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints, they decided to go ahead and flip the script and win outright. I got to tell you something else, Kev. And this is a point that I have kept on making over about the last month. I don't know if you felt it, There were fans in these buildings, Kev, and there were times, right, where when momentum was going or a defense on third down was hyping them up, there were times the commentators were saying a lot, hey, the six sounds like 60. Do you think the fans, you know, I I think it was good and felt live to have those fans in the building making their voices heard. Yeah, at the end of the day, we want fans back, right? I mean, that's what we want. We want it safely, but that is a part of what we are doing here. You know, I'm a massive wrestling fan. You're a wrestling fan as well. Maybe not as outwardly as I am, but without fans, it's not the same. So when it comes to these massive, massive season on the line games, 
Yeah, you want the diehards in the building. Yeah, absolutely. As we welcome in our radio audience all around the world, all around the country, big shout out to everyone getting the winning edge very early here on Sports Grid, here on the early line. Once again, I am Dane Martinez. We got Kevin Walsh with me as usual. Big shout out to our newest audience, of course, Sirius XM Channel 204, as we give you the winning edge. I also think another thing, you know, and we've talked about this, Kev, for a while. We talked about it in the NBA playoffs as well, Kev. And as you get deeper and deeper into the playoffs we start to see yeah we've got great teams yeah we've got playmakers right but at the same time the big mistake is what happens Mm. right it's the big mistake that flips it when i think about the pick six in buffalo right that completely changed that game because that was going in to be like 10 10 at halftime right and then boom that gets flipped on sunday the richard higgins fumble that goes into the back of the end zone or out the side of the end zone think about how that switched i literally when he fumbled after trying to stretch it over the goal line and fumbles out the side of the end zone Kev, you know, the yeah. first thing that came to my mind was, wow, I wonder how the in-game live numbers just flipped. Because that had to be a <laughs> huge turnaround, was it? Were you working? I actually, Did you see it? What do you think yeah. in those moments? Yeah. You know, it's funny you ask, but I actually have it pulled up. Uh, I believe. Really? Uh, I, yeah, I was. We were, we were writing notes during the game. I believe go. the numbers. I believe it went up to about. Uh, near 22 and a half. I, I mean, this was a big, big swing in this football game. Like the Chiefs were laying at one point in this game, the Chiefs were laying over three touchdowns, above right, three wow. touchdowns in this game. You were well, driving, that. right? To make it close, it had to be shorter than that. And then when he fumbles oh, sure. through the end zone, it had oh. to flip right back to a big spread, right? Came all the way down. The lowest this number got, peaks and valleys. That's what I try and track during a game. Five and a half was the low number. 22 and a half was the high number. If if memory serves, if I didn't miss anything, not a single in-game number did the Chiefs cover. Not one. Wow. Peaks and valleys. I like that. Let's file that away, Kevin, for the future. When we come (laughs) back, we're going to start breaking down these games and telling you what the losers need to do in the offseason. We are off and running. It is in, not in-game live. It's the early line here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome
Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the winning edge on SportsGrid. Big shout out to our newest audience, SiriusXM Channel 204. We got the Mightier 1090. We got Sports Byline. So many ways to also see us if you want to wake up early with our bright, shiny, smiling faces in the morning. But, Kev, we had four games over the weekend. Let's dive into them and start to make sense of what happened. We start in Lambeau Field, where the Green Bay Packers were rested and ready, and a kind of gimpy injured Rams team came in Kev I think one of the things that you know we realized after this game is that Aaron Donald was probably a little bit more banged up than we thought because he was on the sidelines in key third down situations key red zone situations and drives so I think it was obvious for that Cooper Cup wound up not going but all of that I don't know if it would have mattered Kev because as you know you have been on the Packers for a long time early in the season I was telling people, don't sleep on Aaron Rodgers as an MVP candidate. And I said it on Sunday morning here on Pro Football Today. The best way for me to explain it, Kev, I think Aaron Rodgers has reached nirvana. I just think he has. He's in that kind of enlightened phase where he kind of knows that you can't get to him. He kind of knows that whatever you're going to do, he's got something for it. And, you know, people talk about Aaron Rodgers' personality all the time, but, like, you are able to have that little smug look and that wry smile when you kind of know that, like, you're humming and you've, like I said, reached nirvana. There's a lot of other things going on in this game, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. But Aaron Rodgers, 296, two touchdowns. He continues to show that when you're at this level, they're going to be real tough to stop. Yeah, I think the play that stands out the most, I think it was right before the third quarter ended, I want to say, and he was doing the hard snap count. And he yeah. just kind of laughed. Like, no, he didn't get anybody, but he's like, ah, all right, you guys are on right, your toes. Go to commercial. He's right. literally just laughing at people. Yeah. yeah, just having the time of his life, the, the absolute time of his life. Yep. I want to start, though, by talking quickly about this point spread here quickly, and then we can kind of break into the, you know, the what happened and what didn't happen here. This number was six and a half, right? Open at seven and went down to six and a half. And I almost feel like some of us that like the Packers – were uncomfortable that it was six <laughs> yeah. and a half, right? Because we all Trappy. done this long enough. You know what a trap line is. I almost would have preferred this to be seven and a half because it didn't make sense. One team was home off a bye, the one seed, good to go. The other six traveling, quarterback hurt, running back hurt, best player, maybe in the world, maybe in the world, hurt certainly the best defensive player in football. And it went down. And, like, I don't know, maybe it touched seven, maybe, at so, like, on Saturday right before it hit. Much, yeah. I mean, I saw it six and a half the whole wet. Like, that was one of those numbers where you go all week long saying, am I getting trapped here? Am I getting trapped? You weren't. You weren't. Packers were the side. Packers were the side. And I think, Dane, it's just a lesson, man. Trap mm-hmm. lines, are they real? Maybe. What you need to do is if you get uncomfortable, you just got to talk it out. And if the right. end result, because the thing is, and I, I just, I've always said so, the book doesn't go, you know what we'll do? Let's post a number that makes no sense and magically we'll be correct. That's not right. how this works. Everything they do is for a reason. Try and see if you can find the reason. And if you can, then you step away or, or you bet what would be the trap line. But if you say, you know what, I just, 
I can't come up with a reason why this is six and a half. You put six and a half in your pocket and you cover the entire second half, the mm -hmm. whole way through. Green Bay covered that number when they made that field goal to close out the first half. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Devontae Adams catches nine balls, but only for 66 yards. He does get the touchdown. You know, there's a lot about that matchup with Jalen Ramsey. Listen, to me, it was interesting. I don't think Jalen Ramsey did a horrible job on the touchdown. He ran all the way across the field when Adams yeah. was in motion. Then had to, you know, they call it like get through the wash, you know, on like a little yeah. two-yard out. That is tough to do. And it's looked like he was even pissed off at a teammate that maybe he should have slid out. They had something for that exact mm -hmm. thing. And Adams kind of like didn't burn them deep you know that sort of thing but rogers it didn't matter right he'll find lazard he'll find tunyon he'll find mvs not to be outdone aaron jones rushes for nearly 100 yards and a touchdown including a big one uh in the second half that kind of salted it away right there was a big i think like 60 yard yeah. run or something that happened there and the packers move on they did um lose aj dillon they're kind of like third rookie running back. He got banged up on a play where he fumbled. That is someone we will need to keep our eye on. But right now, mm. Aaron Rodgers, like I said, he is just at a level that I don't think many people can mess with. I literally am calling it Nirvana until you can tell me something else because it looks like he is on an enlightened path. You know, yeah. Kevin, remember, I've been telling you, remember I mentioned that uh, the Packers offense had more passing touchdowns than punts in the regular mm -hmm. season, you know? Well, that maintains Aaron Rodgers had two passing touchdowns, one rushing himself, and the Green Bay Packers punted a grand total of two times on Saturday. Though the Rams, their season yeah. is now done, right? And listen, there was some Jared Goff made some good throws over the middle a hmm. couple of times to try and you know keep them in when he was doing that. But we now, real quick, let's look at the Rams. Right. What do you think they need to do? Was this just health and like maybe with a healthy Aaron Donald and a healthy Cooper Cup and a healthy uh, Jared Goff? Like, do, does this team just run it back or do they need to fix something to be mm. an even bigger contender moving forward next year? I actually think they've got a lot of pieces. This was the number one defense in the NFL, Kev. Mm. We like their receivers. I know you think Cam Akers is a, you know, ascending young back. Does this sure. all come down to their quarterback? It's a great question. I think it's fascinating here. So the Rams, Dane, a lot of people pick this team to finish last in the West. Not necessarily really? because they dislike the Rams, but one of the, the top team just went to the Super Bowl. The other had Russell Wilson, and everybody loves Kyler Murray. So I understood how people got to that conclusion. One of the few that was like, guys, listen, McVay does good things you here. Are but one of the things that just happened last night was they lost their defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, who's now the head coach of the uh, LA yes. Chargers. And Staley was credited big time with this defense finding their level as a top five unit. Yes, you've got Ramsey. Yes, you've got Donald. But we all knew that coming into the season. This group took an absolute rise. Well, Staley's gone. McVay's still there. But this was a defensive team. This is not Sean McVay's Super Bowl Rams team. They were a defensive team. There's a massive question mark for me about what this team does, not just to replace Staley, but how they get this offense better. Because I, and listen, I know I fought with Gabe on this network. I won't even entertain this with him because I know it would lead to a fight that would go nowhere. You cannot convince me that Sean McVay does not look around this league, look at mobile quarterbacks, and earn for one of them under center. 
McVay wants to be more creative. I do. Come on, Dane. The fact that Jared Goff was like, I'm telling you right now, I am good to go. And he's like, I'm starting Wofford. Biggest you know, game of the season. Also, okay, started Wofford. Right. And think about all of these like young offensive mind guys. It seems like they all want a dual threat quarterback, yes. right? Kingsbury was like, nah, move on from Rosen. Let's get Kyler. Your boy, Doug Peterson, while he was there, you know, and they had Carson. They're like, listen, this Jalen Hurts thing offers something else. In yeah. New Orleans, we were like, oh, my God, they're going to really go Taysom Hill? Oh, you know why? Because he offers something else. We'll talk about the Saints' future at quarterback a little bit later on hmm. in the show. But I think that's absolutely true. The other thing I would say, Kev, is one of the things we liked about the Rams was that they were more physical up front. Remember, their run game was able to do things. I think about a guy like Whitworth who's getting up there yep. in age, right? So there are other old linemen. I know it's not necessarily a viable weakness right now, but I would look to augment that, draft for that, get younger there, have depth there as well, because that's something they're going to need. Remember, they do have a top tier defense. When we come back, Kev, here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the Saturday late night game in the same way. What happened and where do the Baltimore Ravens go from here? Because they ain't in the playoffs anymore. We'll come on back with that. Give you the winning edge right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Big shout out, of course, to all of our affiliates. So many ways to listen and watch and get the edge here with SportsGrid. I am Dane Martinez. We got my man, the candle burner, Kevin Walsh. Of course, our newest audience on Sirius XM channel 204. You guys will all be listening to us talk about Bills and Ravens on Saturday night. This was an interesting game, Kev. You know, it was clear that the wind was a factor. The goalposts were going crazy. Baltimore has, you know, pro bowlers on special teams left and right, but a 23-yard mm. punt, Tucker hitting both uprights, the Buffalo kicker missing some as well. I actually think the wind was impacting deep passes. Lamar missed a few shots. Josh Allen mm. missed a few shots as well to Diggs, I believe to sure. Gabe Davis. Even long snaps on punts. I don't know if you saw. They were, like, moving uh, a little bit as well. But this obviously was an issue. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills win this game 17-3. They cover the number, but it goes yeah. under. Talk to me about, in your opinion, Josh Allen's performance in this one because I think that mm. is the linchpin here for the Buffalo Bills. When they won in wild card weekend, we were saying Allen was amazing, but he had almost mm. one mistake. Kev, he had a mistake again Yes, on Saturday. But the Bills were enough to get through it. They move on to the first AFC championship game in like 25, 30 years. You know, it's funny, but 
it's a sometimes a blessing and a curse to do this show together because sometimes you know you get really excited to make a point you think oh maybe nobody else is realizing this and you go yeah except dan and i've been talking about this literally all season so i'm just going to reiterate what you were getting after here all year long dan and i've been waiting where is the allen mistake he's made it both weeks he's just lucky that his teammates fell on the fumble against the colts against the colts he takes a terrible sack and fumbles at midfield. Time and score, they're up three with three minutes and 50 seconds left in the game. A Colts offense that had not punted the entire second half was on their way to then get the ball at midfield full three minutes. At minimum, they get the field goal attempt up, but they were never able to get up and lose that game. Very well could have lost in that opening matchup despite all of that, but they move on. And then here, in this game, again, a Ravens offense that is starting to feel like it is losing grip because the best kicker on planet Earth, maybe ever, can't kick in the wind. Well, how about a blessing? How about all the momentum in the world and the ball inside our territory? Yeah, that would have worked, except Deion Dawkins fell on the ball. And they got to punt it away, and the Ravens ended up punting it back to them after wasting what felt like an eternity and only picking up a couple of yards. He has made the mistake both games. Fumble luck is exactly that. Luck. The ball hits the ground. You got a football at home? Drop it on the yeah, ground. Really? <laughs> and then do it again. And, See and where predict it which way it's going to go. <laughs> Absolutely. See, like, I you, hear you. like you. Come on, dude. You got, I think you're right. This is dangerous yeah, waters, man. It is dangerous waters, and you and I have been on it the entire time, regardless of how anybody else may spin it. Yeah, the bounce of a football is a big deal. But, Kev, the big mistake was made by the opposing quarterback yes, and Lamar Jackson. Yes, I mean, it was. It, it was 10-3, Kev. It's 10-3 mm. in a game that a lot of people are realizing this is going to be a low-scoring game. This is going to be a blue-collar, punch-you-in-the-mouth kind of game. Baltimore is moving. And then after a 101-yard interception return, all mm. of a sudden, instead of 10-10, you know, and sphincters getting tight, it's 17-3, and you start to realize uh, Baltimore ain't coming back from this. That play mm-hmm. i would also ask you on in-game live there how much did that change sure. the fortunes of the point spread or money line bets? Mm. uh yeah no it, it moved things uh, around a ton but can i can i just say the eagles have an opening right now with head coach i'm trying to figure out who it's going to be i'm pretty sure i'm going to end up being furious with whoever the coach is just has that vibe to it right one of the guys though i would love to see them go after at least i thought was Greg Roman, the Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator. Not only has he done a great job with Lamar, but we all know did an excellent job with Colin Kaepernick. I believe the Eagles quarterback moving forward would be Jalen Hurts. Sounds like the perfect guy. I feel like, though, Dane, way too often this year, this team has got down in a goal-to-go situation, and I've asked myself, what in the world are they doing? First and goal to ten. They go pass play. Lamar ended up having to recover another bad snap. Ran. Wasn't a run play, though. It was a pass. The next play, pass. How about the next one? Pass again. What are you doing? What are you doing? 
Now, you might say, boy, you're really bailing out Lamar. Look, guys, we know what Lamar is. He's not the greatest thrower of the football. About league average. About league average throwing the football. He's this year, he was 16th in yards per attempt. Bang average, okay? That's a down year all in all. This team is known for the ground game. Where is Dobbins? Where is Edwards? And where is Lamar? That game, you Dane, like <laughs> you talk about play of the game, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this do you remember a game? And I'm sure you do, but in recent, like where there was so obviously a play that decided a game instead of 10 10 at 17 3, game over. Yeah. Game over. That's a bad job from the Baltimore Ravens, uh, all facets. Yeah, I agree with you. And listen, there are other times in in this weekend, like, for example, with Cleveland, I'm I'm watching the game. I'm like, you give the ball to Nick Chubb four times in a row here if you need Mm. to. You know what I mean? And I think the same thing sometimes with Baltimore. And I mean, listen, Edwards was getting chunks. Dobbins was getting chunks as well at times, but it didn't matter. Let's go, though, over to the Buffalo Bills. I mean, Stephon Diggs continuing to be a beast. Eight catches, 106 yards, and a touchdown. They find Smoke Brown, who is back, another eight catches from him they're spreading it around your boy from the nwo dawson knox getting it done as well they've got no run game kev but it doesn't look like they need it in 2020 when josh allen is continuing to do that the only question Mm. i continue to have kevin i'm glad that you back me up they're getting past the near uh you know catastrophic Mm. mistake They are tempting Mm -hmm. fate and touching a hot stove. We will see what happens, Kev. Though, let's talk about Baltimore real quick, right? Because this is the uh, defending MVP. Everybody has Mm. a narrative on Lamar. I understand that, right? But as this team goes into 2021, people are going to consider them contenders, right? I think deservingly so, okay? They are a team who will likely be there what do they need, though, still? I mean, Mark Ingram's probably gone. I'm telling you right now, J.K. Dobbins in, like, fantasy for next year is a guy who will ascend big time, like you said, Kev, in a yeah. rushing-based offense. I'll take J.K. Dobbins, right? But yeah. I guess my question for you is plain and simple, and I don't want people to think that I'm one of those guys who's like, ha, 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 about Lamar. That's not what I'm saying. We've chronicled this for a whole year. Kevin? Is there a ceiling on how far they can go with Lamar Jackson? So I think it is more than acceptable for you to ask this question while not agreeing with the premise of the question. But it's an important one to ask. That way I can answer it. No, this is very, very dumb. That today many, many people will tell you that Lamar has a ceiling, that Lamar can't win a Super Bowl, that Lamar isn't a franchise quarterback. Let's just think about the guy that we just talked about, Aaron Rodgers. I know you're not. not. Oh, I know you're not. I know you're not, but many will. How about the guy we just Mm -hmm. talked about, Aaron Rodgers, right? Third year as a starter is the first time that he made a conference championship game. Sixth year into the league. What about Drew Brees? Did you watch the last dance? Michael Jordan. There's levels to this. (laughs) First ballot Hall of Famer, Drew Brees. How did he do in San Diego? Nope, how to go find a new team. What about Peyton Manning? First conference title game, year six. This is year three of Lamar. Second season as a full starter. And guess what's going to happen today? It might even happen on this show. Might happen on this show. Same draft class. Same round of the playoffs. Same result. You know what? Boy, do the Browns get a lot out of Baker this year. A lot of growth there. I think they got something. But meanwhile, Lamar's career is over. You're all wrong. You're all ridiculous. 
you're punishing a guy for getting to the playoffs. This has been happening in sports for years, though. LeBron isn't clutch. He can't win in the finals. Ah, my apologies. He should have lost earlier in the playoffs. Lamar can't get it done. Yes, but we still think Sam Darnold's worth a second-round pick, and he'd figure it all out if he went to Pittsburgh, wouldn't he? Cut it out. Cut it out. Here, uh, Kev, I say a phrase to you a lot, and I think it fits here the way you are talking about it. I usually say to you, disappointment is a function of expectations. Right. And I think that's what we're talking about here. When you talk about Donald or Baker, the expectations were very low. And so then if they go above them, it looks amazing. The expectations for Lamar after his MVP year were otherworldly and too high in the first place. So now if he falls short, the disappointment goes in. Kev, in middle school, we have to used to have to take something called the physical fitness test, right? And we had to mm. do chin-ups. I going out there, think I'm a beast, right? I do like seven chin-ups, okay? A little kid next to me in my class does one. Then at the end of the year, that kid, he did two. And he gets an A because he improved 100%. Me, I banged out Hmm. seven at the beginning. Then I bang out eight the next time. I don't have as much of an improvement. Everyone thought I was supposed to be able to do this. Disappointment is a function of expectation. And if you have the expectations right and see it through a clear lens, you won't be going so crazy. That's what we try to do here by giving you the winning edge on SportsGrid. We will continue to do it when we come back on the other side of the break right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge. Big shout out to all of our audiences, especially our newest audience, Sirius XM, Channel 204. I am Dane Martinez, the Spenton Statistician. We got Kevin Walsh, the candle burner with us at all times, literally at all times on this network. And we now move on <laughs> to break down the Kansas City Chiefs, who did survive in advance, getting through the Cleveland Browns. So I've got to say, we're game and didn't go quietly, didn't go without a fight. The Chiefs get down. Down and you know get through them though 22 to 17 although we absolutely cannot bury the lead in this one patrick mahomes after you know running and doing options and running on the goal line and running on third down conversions got a little bit banged up and if you saw the play kev I have questions about this. Honestly, not only why they're risking Patty Mahomes running the ball as much as they were, maybe, you know, obviously not having Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and that's part of it. But if you see the replay, Mm. it didn't look like Mahomes' head hit the turf that hard. You know, usually we have that weird, like, back of the head banging against the ground, or you can see in a helmet-to-helmet hit. 
call me crazy, Kev, but it looked almost more like he went down and then with the way he was tackled, and I don't think it was like dirty, it's just natural the way it goes sometimes, he kind of got his head and neck got like pulled and twisted a little bit as he went down. Mm. We're hearing a lot of different kind of reports about what actually the injury may have been, but bro, yeah. when he stood up, and did not have his legs under him at all. And you looked into that man's eyes, you knew he was done for the rest of the day. And then in comes Chad Henny Alavodka and holds off the sure. tide and stems him. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs are moving on. Talk to me first about what you thought yeah. when you saw the Mahomes injury. Well, when I saw the leg wobble, I, I thought maybe he hurt his knee. Because we knew he was hmm. the, the toe, the foot seemed messed the up all game was, yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, he was limping. Yeah, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, they've really, really botched this. We went on. Jay Glazer said it, it almost was as if he kind of got choked out and, like, kind of, you know, it, you, if you see a guy try and get up after a UFC fight, if a guy gets tapped out, you're like, whoa, all right, that guy's on Dream Street here. And Mahomes has kind of already said, like, yeah, see you next week. He tweeted out anything is possible after <laughs> the win. Honestly, like, this might sound a little too, like, if you have a concussion, probably not going to go phone in the face, right? Like, they probably would tell you, don't sure. do that to send out the tweet. I know it's momentarily, but still, like, I think it was a freak play. They yeah. obviously didn't bring him back in, and I think if he was 100% clear to go, the game, like, Chad Henney had to make a play to still finish this game out, so I wouldn't sure. say that they ruled him out because they knew the game was over. But I still expect Mahomes to play, and I don't think it's going to be a situation where maybe we're like, hmm, this is fishy. This guy shouldn't probably be out there. I, I think it was a freak play, cost him the rest of the game. Let me ask but you all this, in all, I, I expect him out there, yeah. Yeah, like you're saying like, oh, they didn't rule him out because, you know, they're, they were too far ahead in the game and all. But isn't this kind of out of their hands now? Isn't this up to like the independent doctor and the independent neurologist? Because I know we're seeing right. that maybe he did get kind of choked out. Maybe the artery got blocked or something like that. He had the triangle right. on him or something. But I think it's not up to Kansas City, right? I think it's up to like the independent neurologist. At this point, they have declared he left with a concussion. Like that is reported. The NFL, you know what I mean? Mm. So doesn't that then trigger he has to go through the stages of the protocol regardless? And I know that he may be able to do it, but there's a time factor here as well. Think about it when we talk about COVID, right? The contact tracing, there's a, there's a definitive time period here. And with the concussion protocol, sure. I know it's not a definitive time period, but there are certain boxes he will have to check whether Kansas City likes it or not. Yeah, I mean, they're, they'll they'll go through the process. And I just think from the reports that we've heard, Dane, it would yeah. be very surprising if the end result was not Patrick Mahomes under center against the Buffalo Bills in the that's AFC fair. Conference Championship game. And that's about just, just basing it off what we've heard. And that's about as, I guess, as far as we can go. It's Monday. We'll know more tomorrow. We'll know more Wednesday and, and so on and so forth. Fair enough. I mean, you know, I also wonder in the AFC Championship game if they'll have the services of rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who did miss this one with the ankle and the hip. But then again, Kev, you know I call this an elite herd, right? Because they still got sure. Tyreek Hill, 8 for 110. Still got Travis Kelsey, 8 for 109. And a touchdown, Nicole Hardman filling in, Darrell Williams running the ball well. Even Le'Veon Bell starting to get involved a little bit. Talk to me, though, about this team coming in because, Kev, 
You know, I, one of the storylines, the narratives, when we were talking about last week, like, oh, is 10 or nine and a half or 10 and a half, wherever you got mm. it, is that too much? One of the things we were saying is that Kansas City is not like rolling people anymore, right? They haven't covered a spread sure. since like that 17 and a half point spread against the damn J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. So now, and maybe you attribute it to the injury. Maybe, maybe if Mahomes was there, they would have grown the working margin. But I got to tell you something, this game before the Mahomes injury, when Higgins is, is going down, extending that ball almost over the goal line, I'm like, uh-oh, we may have a game going into the second half, right? Because that was the difference of, I believe, what could have been 16-10 and then and all of a sudden it turns sure. to 19-3, which is a bit different. Mm. I understand that. But, you know, there are multiple reasons why Kansas City fans might have had, you know, sphincters getting a little tight on Sunday. So, in my opinion, uh, this is a situation where if you had the Browns plus the points, you got lucky. It's okay. It happens. You weren't on the right side. The Chiefs, the thought process was they would come out slow. Mahomes didn't punt. The offense with Patrick Mahomes didn't punt once. Scored on their first four drives. The only reason they didn't score on the fifth is because Bucker missed the field goal. Even the drive that he left the game, he had him at midfield. Like, this was the Chiefs. Now, you make a fair point. It could have been 16-10. minute and a half left on the clock. Mahomes was going to go down and score. Also, and I said this on air in-game live, I said, oh, once he fumbled, I went, Chiefs will go conservative. I said, his foot's banged up. They know the Browns can't score enough. They'll start kicking field goals the whole game. That's what they did. Because that's what they did against the Broncos. They know when it's out of reach, it was out of reach. It was out of reach. They ultimately scored 17. They never got enough. Now, this game did get closer. The best player in the sport left the game. <laughs> it kind of changes things, doesn't it? Sure. But even still, Chad Henney came in, and this offense was able to generate enough to finish out this game. One field goal drive and then a crucial fourth down conversion with a gutsy call to go to Tyreek Hill. So all in yeah. all, the thought process behind Brat to behind backing the Browns, Chiefs will come out slow. No, they didn't. Oh, the Browns offense will be able to put up enough. No, they weren't. Chiefs were the better team every step of the way. Then Mahomes left. You bet the Browns plus the points, you got to cover. Got money in your pocket. Good for you. Wasn't the right side. Fair enough. Um, as we now have done, though, with some of these teams that are no longer playing, let's look at the Browns, Kev, because, you know, and, and I feel interesting on how we say it, because you mentioned it earlier in the show, right? Uh, as it relates to expectations, we're going to hear a lot of people mm -hmm. talking about a maturity, a development of Baker Mayfield. I am among them, Kev, but you know I've been talking mm -hmm. about this all season long. I, early in the season, was saying I think Kevin Stefanski should be the coach of the year. I was talking to you early in the year about like the streak that Baker was on, not turning the ball over. He did throw a pick in this game. And even Tony Romo on the broadcast said it was the first pick he had thrown in something like two or three months. He's getting his stats mm. from us here on the early line. But talk to me about this mm. Browns team because I believe, and you know I've said this, that Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski could be a good coach-quarterback combo, you know, sure. to continue to develop, to continue to grow as we move along. Yes. They've made the point in the AFC playoffs, right, how, like, all the quarterbacks were 24, 25 years old or whatever. Baker is among them. He took a step forward. Hmm. What do you think about this team moving forward? I mean, we thought the Browns and the Steelers were live in this division. The Browns get all the way there. They win 11 games. What's next for Cleveland? 
Old man Baker, right? The oldest quarterback that was left in the final four. What an incredible thing. Uh, And look, this is the thing, by the way. Like, you can compliment Baker, and I say that generically, not to you specifically. I just want people to make sure that they're consistent in their critiques and analysis over year three for year three quarterbacks. But Baker Mayfield did take a step forward. They went to the playoffs. They went to the playoffs. And then beat the Steelers at Heinz Field, to go on to the divisional round, that's job well done. I mean, that's job well done. Right. The question mark for this team that I can't wait to find the answer out to? No is the answer. No. Number 13. What's no, though? What's the question? I don't know the question. Do you bring him back? I I do not think he is a member of the Browns. Why? This is my thing with all this, okay? We have seen, like, it changed. It changed. They started letting it. They, they. I think part of what Baker's growth was going where the defense dictated, not feeling like you had to force it to your stud wide out one and truly starting to mm. let the offense play in the way it was supposed to. Sometimes when you've got a receiver who's chirping a lot, you want to get him in the flow early on and stuff like that. I do think that the Browns offense, you know, went according to plan a little bit better mm. once Odell is not there. Now, I think Odell is still a great receiver, but I don't know if he fits this mix with Baker as the leader of this team. I just, I don't know. So I've always found stuff like this fascinating. If you as a coach and you as a quarterback basically can't handle players that are really good on your team, I'm not excited about that. You better figure that out. I need good players on the team in order to be successful. And Odell is sensational. People act like this has been this Odell problem forever. Odell was the offense that saved Eli Manning's career. And then Eli kept declining. And Odell was like, what are we doing here? The right, Giants held on for dear on life. This Browns offense. Sure. On this Browns sure. offense with Kevin Stefanski Dang. as the head coach and Baker as the, as the sure. quarterback, though. Sure. Five for 81, two touchdowns, two carries, 73 yards, and a touchdown ring about. I mean, the Cowboys game just didn't happen. 49 points. Most points they scored all season long. Most points they scored all season long, 13 was on the field. Look, man, if you're telling me that this team is worse by bringing in one of the 10 most talented wide receivers in football, I got questions about everybody, not just the kid with the yellow hair. I got questions about Stefanski, about six. Hey, Jarvis, little help here? Can we figure this out? It's your best friend. What's the deal? The idea that Odell is going to come in and be like, hey, I'm open every play. And then Baker's like, oh, no, he's open and throws a What? That's crazy to me. I know some don't think it is. To me, though, I struggle to wrap my head around the offense is better without probably the most talented player available to them, especially when the most points they scored all year was with him on the field in a game he scored three touchdowns. But that's just me. Uh, 
I, I hear you. I understand that. That proof point of the game against Dallas is definitely he was dominant in that one. I just think it is a, for me, Kev, it's a larger picture, right? And it's also about how they want to implement the, the entire scheme. And if that is a fit, I, we will see. It's going to be very, very interesting as the Browns move on. But they certainly, as a franchise, have taken yep. a step forward this year. We'll see if they continue to contend and or if they continue to look at Odell Beckham as an asset for them or something to leverage moving forward. We'll take a short detour and look at what happened on Fight Island when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the winning edge on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh breaking it all down, looking back at the weekend. Big shout-out, of course, to our newest audience, SiriusXM Channel 204. Kev, we'll go back to the NFL in a hot second, but I know you are a fan of the fight game, and there was news out of Fight Island over the weekend. A couple of things I want to touch on. First of all, Max Holloway. Dominant, lumping dudes up in his return. Uh, I know he lost in a kind of big-time fight his last time out. But I'm telling you, Kev, if I'm in a fight again ever – like at a bar or anything, like I'm using the I'm using the elbow strikes. This is my new thing. Mm. Forget punching anybody. The elbow strikes are dominant. Max Holloway literally talking to people while fighting. I thought it was a tremendous performance out of Max. Yeah, I, I get chills thinking about it. I got chills this morning when we were talking. It is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah, right? If you put it in like a movie, I'd be like, oh, come on. Yeah. This dude is screaming at the commentary team, I'm the best boxer in the UFC. But he's not only screaming at them, he is staring at them he's while punching Calvin Cater in the <laughs> face and then avoiding punches to the face. It was sensational. Midway through the fight, I was watching with some people. Someone goes, oh, this is a masterpiece. Masterpiece. Couldn't think of a better word to describe it. One of the best performances the featherweight division has ever seen. Yeah, and then also, you know, in a little interview with Dana White also on that telecast, he said he may be successful pulling Khabib out of retirement. What we heard is that Khabib is yeah. now saying that if anyone impresses him, he may be interested. Oh, and by the way, we bring this up because later in the week yeah. we'll talk about candidates to impress him as mm. Conor McGregor will get back into action against Dustin Poirier. We will talk about that for the rest of the, rest of the week. When we come back, though, Kevin, We'll look at some head coaching openings. And I do also yeah. want to get your take. Do you think it will happen? Do you think Khabib will, in fact, come back? We'll get your take because I know you're a big fan of the fight game. Mm -hmm. We'll do all of that in hour number two of the early line up right after this. <laughs> 